Welcome to Juvenilia, the podcast where Corbin and Sam talk about all of the creative projects we attempted when we were younger and much less wise than we are today. All of the weird comics and books and pictures and video games and movies and other kinds of crazy stuff that we dreamed up and tried in vain to create when we had neither the skills nor the budget nor the talent to pull any of it off. And today we're going to be talking about a comic strip that we attempted to create in 2005, maybe 2006, uh, when we were 15 or so. A comic strip called Jesuits. Now, Sam, I know for a fact that you don't really remember much about this. Having done some pre-chat, it's uh, it's pretty obvious that you think that this was uh, some kind of some kind of fantastical and whimsical comic strip about these little elf beings and their uh, their their hijinks, their antics. Perhaps you think it was something akin to the Smurfs. Smurfs, uh, Smurfs on acid, the Smurfs after dark, elf fun, you know, but, um, I'm afraid to tell you, Sam, you couldn't be more wrong. Couldn't be more wrong? No, it wasn't about antics at all. My, uh, my heat has just gone off. Well, bad. Anyway, continue. Okay, well, we'll get this in quick before you freeze to death. It wasn't merely about antics, Sam. This comic strip, this cartoon had a theme, which was the movies oh yes sam how could you forget that that was those that, that's intrinsic to the whole jesuits experience i thought it was just i i'll be honest i i thought that this was just a vehicle for my burgeoning furry <laughs> desires <laughs> it was that too yeah it can be many things to many people <laughs> <laughs> not not in this current state it can't <clears throat> Well, let me, let me give you the 411 on how I remember this coming about. You remember a webcomic called VG Cats, right? I do, I do remember VG Cats. <laughs> a colourful webcomic featuring two cats, a, a boy cat and a girl cat, and in each episode they parody a video game. And we liked this comic strip, and we thought, well, we could do that, but let's not do that exactly. Let's do movies instead of video games. Mm. And let's, instead of cats, let's come up with something totally original. Cats have been done. It's true. So we came up with Jesuits. And in each comic strip, they were going to do a, par- a very funny parody of a movie. A thing that we, you and I would have been better suited to uh, do than most, considering the fact that at the time you didn't like watching movies and I hadn't watched many movies. <laughs> Au contraire, mon ami, because at that time I would call myself a major cinephile. Cinephile. That's what the courts decided, I think, in the end. (laughs) It means cinema, your honour. Cine. It's a prefix meaning cinema-related. How did you hear that? He does well loads of sins and he loves it. No... Yeah. I watched a lot uh, of movies at this time. I, it's only more recently that I've become an anti-cinephile. It's true. It's true. He hates I've the movies. An, an, I've become one of those vigilante cinephile hunters. <laughs> <laughs> I keep reading about the people like you in the in the Daily Mail. Yeah, we're heroes. Misunderstood heroes. Listen. <laughs> I watched a lot of movies. We used to go to the cinema a lot. And I had both a VHS and a DVD player. In my room. God damn. 
Media King. Or a VCR, I guess you'd call it, not a VHS. The VCR played VHS tapes. But That's true. This, um, this comic strip must have been like everything we ever did. Must have been around 2005. And you may remember the infamous movie-watching marathon right at the end of 2005 where you came to my house and we watched about 20 films in a row. I do remember that. It's a good, it's a good memory for me. I, I very much enjoyed it. Well, this was born out of that, I presume. I mean, you'd certainly imagine so. It, it would be strange if it went the other way around. Like, I don't... I think I that 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 uh, weekend, for me, is a sort of a watershed moment where I'm like, now I feel like I have watched films deliberately. Yes, Whereas exactly. Whereas bef- before, it was just like, I'd go to the cinema sometimes for, like, the obvious, like, movies targeted at my age range. I remember... I remember going to see the Pokemon movies because they were Pokemon, not because they were movies. Um, oh. If, if you understand me. Yeah. Um, and uh, But yeah, that was the first time where I was like, no, I've selected films that I've heard things about. I'm going to watch them. And I remember feeling very sophisticated by it. And even though there was a lot of uh, damaging and traumatizing material in a lot of the movies that we watched, <laughs> I remember thinking, well, that's just what being grown-ups about, isn't it? As I sat in my underwear in my friend's house. You're just sweating into a beanbag. <laughs> You've just got to from, put up from, with all the... From one beanbag to another. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Sam. Yeah, I think I... Um, it, it, was the, it was the magical week between Christmas and New Year. And um, I believe I inflicted both train spotting and Reservoir Dogs upon you. Uh, but I got you back up with Clerks. <laughs> Yes, you certainly did. Well, I rem- I thought you were a real connoisseur for discovering Kevin Smith. I was. <laughs> no one had seen his movies until that point. Well, not not in our circles anyway. And the fact that, you know, there was this low-budget black-and-white film from the early 90s, and Sam was like, oh, yes, yes, this is one of the finest films ever made. And I was yeah. like, how does he dig up this stuff? And I guess in my head, I thought, like, I'm just some chump. And everyone else, including Sam, they've... They've seen all these movies and they they've got opinions on them and stuff. Yeah, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, I guess that's the those are the lies we weave. But um, did you? Know yeah, if, no. I go. On. Well, when you were a kid, did, uh, when you were a teenager, did you never feel that way? Like getting the impression always that you were the only one who, for example, hadn't seen the full kind of uh, canon of classic movies, and everyone else had. Uh, yes, and uh, like that was that was definitely something that uh, persisted into my. Well, even even now, sometimes someone will say a classic movie to me, and I'm like, I def I've heard of it. I know what it's about because it's been referenced by everyone. I've not seen it, and you um, feel bad for not having seen it. Yeah, it's like it because in my <laughs> mind, I always feel like surely there's only about ten. I could just muscle them out on a weekend, but the truth is that there's hundreds because movies have a an incredibly. Uh, dense and powerful uh, sway on the public like consciousness and public uh, like culture and yeah the fact of the matter is that uh, if you want to get into movies it's sort of a life- lifelong commitment a friend of mine works at a local independent theatre um, a sort of lovely place that feels like it uh, should have gone extinct a, lo- a long time ago um, and they're always inviting me to come and watch movies that they're like, oh, I can't believe I've never seen this one. And I've not seen it. But I get to, I've get i been getting to see some of those uh, those uh, movie classics on the big screen recently. It's been wonderful. And I guess it's rekindled a bit of my joy for that uh, particular activity because I've very much gotten used to watching 
watching movies in the same room and on the same screen that I do every other activity. Well, that sounds so. genuinely great. And um, I actually think that's a part of why it's hard to be interested in a lot of older cinema now is because watching can't find it, it. Oh, well, it's not that you can't find it, but it's like watching it on like your your TV screen at home is not the same experience as watching it projected in a cinema. Correct. Older movies were kind of designed for that and it makes it into a whole, you know, it's an art form in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything new, but it's just, it's it's true. Like, I think you could, if you went to a cinema and actually watched the original reels, you could watch a lot of classic movies and really enjoy them in a way that you just wouldn't at home on your TV. Yeah, and I've I've watched some stinkers as well. I've watched some like weird old films that like are just they're patently bad, but they're still enjoyable because it's like you're in this yeah. dark space and that's that's everything that's going on. There's there's no question that you're gonna get your phone out or start you know you're gonna like just walk out of the room for a piss, like you're you know you're you're in it, you're committed, and uh, yeah, I like I think about watching those movies in my own time, and I'm like absolutely not, no way in a million yeah, years. I'd rather exactly. I'd rather watch. Uh, I know, the Simpsons movie again. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but in the same way, there might be music that you'd never sit and listen to on headphones. But if you were in a live setting, surrounded by people, and the atmosphere was there, it, then it would be great music. Yeah. And the music you like I, sitting listening to on headphones might not be great in that setting. It might just be boring. So. I often think, yeah, I often think that about music. I'm, uh, I. I have my car radio permanently tuned to uh, the local um, student-run station, um, which is uh, which is a joy, and they they do fall for a lot of the pitfalls that uh, you know most radio stations either have to or unintentionally, uh, either intentionally or unintentionally, like end up doing where they do they will repeat what they're playing. But um, you know, there's a much greater variance of music on there, and I think I would never have chosen to listen to any of this if I had been. Uh, you know, just picking for myself on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. But uh, mm. yeah, it's like no, you 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 chose this for me, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with it. And yeah, I find it a much much better way of listening to music. And also on the topic of music, when you said about what you said about missing the great canon of uh, films, that was how I've always felt, and still to this day mostly feel about uh, music. It's like I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I've heard the right albums or enough of them by yeah. any, by any means. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. Um, like I I haven't listened to every Beatles album. Like far from it. And it's see, like, see, that surprised me. I thought you went through a Beatles phase. No, I definitely didn't. I mean, I, oh. I kind of tried to, but the thing is, what I've realised with the Beatles is that they're um, they're just a little bit too nice and twee and quirky for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like moody music and the Beatles weren't that and it's like that's fine but you know it's like you feel like you have to like this stuff but you don't <laughs> no you don't absolutely not and I feel like I probably have like more than any medium I have with books read more of the the Canaan than most people even yeah. though that's like more of a time commitment than music or movies it's like I feel like in conversations with most people, I'm kind of the one who has read that book. Yeah. But even so, you feel like you've never read even like one percent of what you might read. And it's true. It's very true. I'm I'm trying to tackle my way through some of the uh, at least one book of some of the bigger authors. Like that's what I've been sort of working on in the background of things for the last couple of years. And I'm uh, yeah, I uh, 
it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to yeah. find time to read. Yeah, I've uh, basically yeah. stopped over the last couple of years, unfortunately. But even so, there was like a good 10-year period where I was just reading, you know, roughly a book a week. So wow. it builds up over time. But, but all this to say, yeah. uh, like capturing, the, you know, this, this little uh, good chat that we've gone on about... I, I I want to ask you a question straight out of the gate because I'm I'm sort of conscious of the fact that we don't have a lot to say about uh, about Jesus in particular. But do you think that this is the kind of thing we would have gotten into, or do you think it would have been straight uh, straight parody? How do you mean? Well, like uh, dissecting like film and culture and things. Do you think um, it would have? Do you think that it would have been more of a VG Cats uh, thing where it's just parody, or do you think it would have been more like? Uh, you know, something like Control or Delete, where they badly talk about <laughs> video <laughs> games a lot of the time. Um, I, I well, I wouldn't call Control or Delete particularly, uh, you know, incisive or <laughs> no, <I'd laughs> eyebrow. But neither would I. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it was a completely meant to just be one-shot movie parodies, like just the probably the silly. It was probably going to be pretty much like. Ugh, like family guy cutaway gags just some kind of like trying to get cheap laughs out of making fun of the most obvious parts of the film when you when you said that to me it, it all fit back into place all i remembered for from it was the uh, was the initial the concept of the creatures and i remember the the thing that i think about most is the fact that they were they were going to have uh tails and they were going to have these like ears that were very much uh, inspired by the uh, the the some of the ears that uh, Chris Riddell would draw on some of his sort of um, waif characters, um, yeah. in uh, the Edge Chronicles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a, unmistakable. Sort of big, yeah, big uh, sort of clothy, leathery, like furled at the top with little sort of sprouting hairs at the end, like uh, yeah, sort of uh, big muppet ears, I guess you'd call them. Yeah, and as you can see in the episode icon that I sent you, you probably remember, there was a pink one and a blue one. There was a pink one and a blue one. That's I guess what? Right. They were a girl Jezzet and a boy Jezzet. <laughs> did we really go that basic with it? I suppose we did. Yeah, well again, it was kind of VG cats. You had the girl cat and the boy cat. The girl was pink and the boy was grey. But uh, uh, yeah. cats are, are an easy thing. Cats have a long history in cartoons. I really can't help but feel that in our comic strip here, the the identity of these beings was kind of just a major roadblock. Like, you look yeah, at it and you're immediately absolutely. like, what, are, what are these things? Why are they in a parody of Dodgeball? <laughs> <laughs> like, explain. Why do they have those big ears? What's going on? It gets in the way, right? How do you do a parody of a comedy movie? <laughs> that probably would have been roadblock number two. <laughs> I don't know. Let me check the rules of comedy. You make it dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that was probably our first mistake. Like, oh, yeah. First of many. Episode one, let's make a parody of a comedy movie. Um, but, Episode but, two, let's uh, let's immediately deviate from the premise and get into what these creatures are with a far too uh, overwrought origin story that no one will be interested or invested in. Yeah, well, maybe that would have been good. Um, <laughs> but um, as far as I know, nobody asked. Um, but uh, <laughs> this 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 is all over the place. Let's um, 
Let's see. Let's let's try and get this. I'm I'm going to go by my episode plan, Sam. <clears throat> All right. Like uh, pull it pull it out. Let's see. <clears throat> what is your me- what's your main memory of creating this? You don't have one, do you? <laughs> you <were absolutely laughs> my main memory hammered. of creating this. I'm just I'm just thinking about sitting in Colchester McDonald's on a cold night eating McDonald's that I somehow found the money for from somewhere, probably from you. Wow. The waiter comes over and says, Sir, I'm afraid the waiter. it's time for you to leave. <laughs> and you say, Hang on, let me just finish writing this script. <laughs> it's cold oh, out c- there, man. I've coughed nuggets all over it. <laughs> <laughs> that just adds to the ambiance. Do you remember everything, anything about creating this? <laughs> no, or is it just a blank? No. It's just a blank. <laughs> <laughs> No, I remember. I remember. I remember feelings about uh, about making it. I remember like, and I remember trying to draw the characters myself, which was probably not the best idea because I wasn't the drawer, right? In our in our twosome. Um, but same question to you. Do you, I mean, do you have any? <laughs> did we we made something of it? Didn't we? We made a couple of pages. Yeah, of course we did. Most of the time, it seems like I remember a lot more than you. Yeah, well, your brain's not riddled with holes the way mine is. Well, that's what you get for having uh, an addiction to prescription painkillers. Yeah, <laughs> Taking you... Zoloft and Ambien, just like Skittles. Some name my first two girlfriends. Oh, as discussed last episode. <laughs> <laughs> two local goth girls. <laughs> Jesus, this is so off the rails. Okay, my re- no, I'll tell you what I remember about it. I remember using coloured pencils and being really impressed with myself for making something that was in full colour and just looking at it and going, this is really colourful. I'm impressed with myself. And uh, just this determination to make it look like VG Cats, which um, I don't know if you've looked at it recently, but I remember it being really like beautiful like this beautifully drawn full color comic and um you know no offense to the guy who made it but um i I think it's a lot better in my memory than it is in real life because it's you know it's fairly kind of flatly colored it's it's a pretty basic kind of uh 2000s web comic (laughs) and um but yeah it was digitally colored and um the way i was doing this literally with colored pencils was um so time consuming that it um I thought it looked great, but it kind of got disheartening, and yeah, it, it probably turned me off of doing things in full color for the rest of my life. And um, I don't actually know where the originals are, but uh, I definitely chucked them away at some point because I haven't seen them since I was at school. Like I didn't even have them in the the the, the last purge of all my teenage work that I did in like uh, two thousand what two thousand fifteen two thousand sixteen when my mum moved house. <clears throat> But I think we were planning on posting it online like VG Cats, and we had this idea that um, that we would, you know, I'd pick a movie, and then you'd pick a movie, and we'd alternate. And I remember being pretty impressed that you'd picked Dam Busters. Um, but yeah, that was kind of um, that was kind of the <laughs> what did me in because um, I, I, you know, I thought, oh, this is very impressive. We're doing a classic movie. We're getting the the boomers on board and <laughs> the silent generation, the greatest generation. You know, grandparents can enjoy this. Kids can enjoy this, presumably. Um, but I, I'd never seen Dan Busters. And um, so I was basically guessing how it looked. 
And I didn't have the good sense to look at Google Images and kind of look up even the movie poster or something. I was just making it up based on your say-so, and I ended up just getting frustrated with it and thinking, well, I'm sure this is all very highbrow, but um, I don't know how it's supposed to look. And um, frankly, Sam, I, I'm I'm not convinced that you even liked this movie. I'm convinced that you, I'm convinced that you just liked the idea of. I think you just liked the idea of a bouncing bomb. It's a very good idea, and I wish that more modern warfare had charm and whimsy instead of, you know, horrifying genocide. Oh, yeah, that would be better. It felt like better the, than the, horrifying genocide, really. It felt it? like the last gasp. Like, I feel like World War II was the last time that humanity had a bit of fun with, uh, <laughs> with you know, you know, there, there, were, there were more, like, pranks in World War II. Like, you, you hear about, like, uh, the, like, the inflatable army that was used in the desert. Like, um, they, they made a bunch of, like... Uh, like inflatable um, like tanks and things to make it seem like there were more people out there, and they knew that the oh the, yeah the we- the weary soldiers in the desert would be like oh god and would just turn tail and run because they wouldn't they wouldn't stop to be like are those definitely real because they've been sweltering desert conditions. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you heard about um, <laughs> the the uh, British intelligence campaign to um, airdrop leaflets over Germany like where they knew there'd be troops stationed. Um, and these leaflets like had uh, these sort of messages on them where it would say, while you're at the front, your girl is back home doing the dirty with your, your friend down the road and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty. That's been part of like all human conflict in all human history, hasn't it? I, feel, I think oh, they really? still do that now. Well, they try to demoralize the enemy by saying, hey, your wife's getting it back home while you're off at war. My my uh, my UKIP voting neighbour did a similar tactic to me during the uh, the Brexit referendum. <laughs> <laughs> While you're out voting in that referendum, she's getting it from the postman, mate. Who's European and all? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I guess that makes sense. There's nothing that turns you off from war more than the idea that you might be missing out on sex <laughs> with your loved one. <laughs> yes. But I can't remember any more. Can you remember any other movies that were on the list? Hmm. Probably would have had a Titanic in there. I feel like Titanic would have been one that we would have gone for. It feels like an easy... We would have gone hang- to that. Low-hanging fruit. Definitely. Um, would we have done the, the big, uh, the big annoying movies, though? Like, um, you know, we, we hadn't got to the, the, the age of uh, Marvel dominance by that point, uh, any, by any stretch of the uh, imagination. But... Uh, <clears throat> Star, Star Wars, Star Wars, and uh, uh, yeah, I probably and, would have vetoed Star Wars to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, I probably and I Harry say, Potter and the like. Maybe I don't remember. Think it was just like movies that I was into at the time. So I'm pretty sure I was urging you to start writing a Train Spotting episode because I was obsessed with Train Spotting. That's true. And you, um, you sort of you, you wish you were the little baby crawling on the ceiling. That was oh, sort of your my that was your goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag life goals. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I've been just... work... That's what the only reason you enjoyed Spider Man was because you thought, ah, oh, well they've, they've got the, they've got the wall crawling element down. Maybe that's maybe that's what I enjoy. <laughs> I want to get bitten by a radioactive spider so I can be just like the baby from Train Spot. <laughs> That's good. But based on our um, movie marathon week, I gather we also would have done a parody of a film called The Girl Next Door. 
Oh, yes. I was thinking about that movie just the other day. Legitimately within a week, this year, 2024. Which is when we're recording this, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let Mm. the release date fool you. (laughs) (laughs) 2027. (laughs) Coming, eventually. Um, Yeah, I I remember that movie and remember thinking, uh, this is going to be a porny romp. I'm so excited. And then at the end, being like, wow, this touched... Not just my boner, but my heart. <laughs> That's such a good description. <laughs> it's not a movie you ever hear about, but like in terms of the raunchy comedies of the era, it beats the hell out of American Pie. It's a it good does. movie. It's a good movie. It's solid. Um, I would say a spiritual success to that movie, and possibly starring one of the same actresses, though maybe not because I can't remember, is uh, For a Good Time Call. If you've oh, ever I haven't seen that heard movie. of it. No. It's uh, about uh, two two women in their, I think, late 20s, early 30s, maybe, um, who are uh, like living, uh, sharing a very small apartment, and uh, they both uh, both get fired at the same time, and they're trying to work out what they're going to do, so they start uh, working for a uh, sex line with unintended consequences, and like, I, I thought it was just going to be a, a porny romp, but at the end, it's <laughs> just... <laughs> I think you uh, slightly as you were saying it I could tell that you were finding it funny not great comedic delivery there it's okay Uh, that one's done me in okay Um, well yeah that actually sounds like a very funny idea for a film Uh, maybe I'll catch it sometime what was it called? for a good time call yeah there you go. You heard it here first, folks. A re- movie recommendations. <laughs> At least ten years ago. At least. Yeah. Probably fifteen. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I would have called this my cinephile era. It was the period where I was watching the most movies and I was most interested in movies. So this was kind of a no-brainer. But yeah, it probably just would have been whatever films I had seen, whether or not other people had seen them, whether or not they were relevant or popular. I um I sort of wonder if. Uh... If we had actually started this and it become our main uh, main revenue driver for uh, you know our lives, I wonder um, how how it would have gotten when you and I, you and I's film tastes tastes uh, diverged dramatically. Because I, I feel like you when you you had a later cin- uh, cinephile era era where you uh, you went into sort of quite dark films, didn't you? <laughs> Am I imagining that or? Train spotting isn't dark enough for you. No, it's dark. It's dark, but it's like it's every man's dark. You know, like most people have seen that movie. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I got into the kind of oh, Jesus, like modern, modern cinema nasties. Yeah, like stuff like August Underground's Mordom was a particular yeah. favorite. Um, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. It was more just like, um, hey, what's the most fucked up shit I can possibly watch? I want to watch mm. it just for the hell of it. But it's not like I was like obsessed with that stuff. I've never watched The Human Centipede, Sam. Just well, that's fair. No, thank you. No, I'll pass on that one. Thanks. I can't tell if that movie is uh, is you know if it's going to end up as a sort of you know like the early the early like cinema nasties like um, like uh, you know like House of a Thousand Corpses corpses and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like um, the, the the ones that when they were made were really brutal and the weirdos would watch them, but then they they sort of become beloved. And eventually, like you know, you're you're the teenager that lives next door to you, like watches them all, time, all the time. Not the same teenager that voted Duke, by the way, though he was a teenager. 
Oh, <laughs> well. <okay. laughs> I had a lot of neighbours. Anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I wonder if Human Centipede is one of those ones where it's just weird and stupid enough that it's it, that people will stomach it in about ten years' time. There will just be, you know, every every Tom, Dick, and Harry will have their own cinema weekend, such as such as we did, and they'll yeah they'll watch it. Oh yeah, well maybe, but uh, hmm. I like what I was into was stuff more about like serial killers. There was a couple of other films like. The Poughkeepsie tapes, Megan uh-huh. is missing. Um, yeah, really effed up stuff. Um, oh, uh, oh, 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 a Serbian film. I'm still waiting yeah. for the police to knock on my door for ever having watched that. That yeah. that 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 really um, that's beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I remember I I had a I had a, f- a friend with whom I'm no longer on uh, speaking terms due to the results of the. Uh, 2016 referendum but uh, <laughs> god's sake sam <laughs> you need to let it go <laughs> uh, and i remember him being into some pretty gnarly stuff and you know you he and i had used to have some pretty bawdy conversations um i remember one time he just uh, we went to go to dinner he came in and he just looked pale as a sheet and i was like you're right he's like i don't know man I think I need to watch some different stuff. I think I need to make a change in my life. And I was like, what, what happened? He was like, you ever seen a Serbian film? And I was like, no. And then I didn't ask him anything about it because I knew if I asked too many questions, I would be tempted to watch it. But then he told me about it anyway. So it sounds pretty dreadful. And <clears> I, for one, think less of you as a human being for having watched it. I think less of myself. The thing is, it's like, it's not even good. No offense to the people who made it. It just, it's horrible, but it also just comes across as kind of stupid. Whereas some of these films, I do see them as genuinely, like, works of art. Yeah. Oh. Actually, one of the, the most distressing films I ever watched is a Russian film called Lilia Forever, which isn't, like, gore, but it is just, like, just just a horrible, horrible film <laughs> about human <Yep>. trafficking. <clears throat> so if you want to watch the worst film I've ever seen, maybe go for that. Well, fair enough. I'll keep that in mind. Mm. Just putting your details into this website. It's making me look really bad, all of this. It's not like I only watch horrible films. Like, there have been some... I, I kind of had a bit of a second film. Name one nice movie. movie you've watched. Okay, okay. I watched a great film the other day, starring Stephen Marchant... Stephen Merchant, sorry. Uh, called Click and Collect. Oh. Uh, starring alongside Asim Chowdhury. Oh, yeah. It was like a little buddy, uh, little buddy movie, little uh, road movie, starring the two of them going to pick up a Christmas present for Stephen Merchant's daughter on Christmas Eve. Lovely little film. That sounds that sounds like um, that sounds right up my alley. I'm gonna yeah. write that. I'm gonna set myself a reminder for December twelfth next year. <laughs> this no, year. No, this year. This year. <laughs> Dang. Two thousand twenty-four, folks. Don't forget it. <laughs> so if we were um, doing Jesuits today, we could have parodied that. Could have. <laughs> Definitely, definitely could have. <laughs> but I do watch other good movies, not not just. But I, I want to put on the record, like I, I haven't watched any gory, horrible movies in like years. It was just a little phase of fascination with horrible, extreme things. You know, like the way you'd listen to like grindcore music or black metal. Sometimes you just want to hear the most extreme thing that people are capable of creating. Yeah, no, I get it. I get Thank it. You. Glad you get it. <laughs> now, do you remember? Do you remember having any goals for this work? Because 
to my mind, it was supposed to be another attempt to make an actual webcomic that we'd figure out how to put online and it would be popular like VG Cats and everyone would love us. So this is the one where I was really thinking about... Um, it, this is the one where I was really thinking about like monetization and like um, making something that would have a fan base. All the things that we'd done before where like putting it online was a thought. They were That was like a secondary thing where I was like, oh yeah, I guess I could do this because I've already got the stuff or like I'm already going to have the stuff. But this, it was like, this ha- this will have appeal. This will, like, it's got to have appeal because people have seen movies. I know they have. I can prove it. And uh, yeah, I think that my, my, maybe part of the reason it never stuck in my head to quite the same extent was I think that well, sorry for the fact that I was obviously going through, like, some stuff in my personal life at the time. Like, I I think that I was just, like, yeah, I, like, being very plain about, like, I know that I'm stealing a concept from someone else and just giving it a twist, so it's my own thing. Like, they're doing well. There's no reason that, you know, we can't do well. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, which is which is cynical, but it's it's probably a mark of the fact that we were, like, getting to the, the you know, the the last third of our teenage, teenage years, and I was probably starting to think about, okay, like, soon the rubber must meet the road. Which is like, crazy at that age. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. I mean, you and I are in our early 30s at the moment, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, I'd, I'd say in, in some respects the rubber still hasn't met the road for, for either of us, but it doesn't mean that we're not, uh, not good artists and not making good work, and it doesn't mean that we're not on the path towards, you know, success in both uh, personal and like financial endeavors but yeah it's uh it's it's kind of bonkers that that those thoughts were already seeping in at, at such a young age yeah totally i mean i think about this stuff a lot and how ridiculous it is that i worried about that stuff in my teens even in my 20s because it's kind of like you should just be finding a way to um to do something that you enjoy and just 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 be there with it and just do it because it's interesting to you yeah rather than getting bogged down in in this this idea all the time but i did always find it frustrating making this stuff when we were teenagers and not knowing how to get it out there um not even knowing like because yeah like like you were saying earlier the internet was a very different place then I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't really know how webcomic artists got their webcomics on the internet. Yeah. And I always yeah. thought, I'll figure it out eventually, but I'll make some comics first. And I never did figure it out. <laughs> well, I I did figure it out later on. Um, but it took me a, a shockingly long amount of time to simply type the, the this phrase into Google, which is, how do you put your webcomic online if you don't have any money? Like, and that was... Uh, yeah, that was all I needed to do, it turned out, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't think of doing that, which I think shows both my lack of common sense, but also like just how, how it is to be a teenager when you have thoughts and you have things that you want, but you don't have the concept of how to get to them. Yeah. Which totally. has been a reoccurring theme for what we talk about on this uh, this podcast. Well, totally. I, I remember envying... Um, I might have um, mentioned this guy before, but... Um... What's his name? Chris Paolini, the guy who wrote the Aragon books, the fantasy series about dragons. His parents oh, yeah. like yeah. owned a publishing company. So when he said at 15, I'm going to drop out of school and write a series of fantasy novels, they said, brilliant, we'll publish them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I wish I had parents like that. I think at that age, I definitely like had those feelings as well. But I think pretty quickly as I thought about them, I was like, no, I don't. I don't want that. Because I... I 
I had seen what it was like in some regards, not on the same level, but I'd seen what it was like when people very close to you who were invested in you and not in the thing you made were very supportive and how, as harsh as it sounds, like alienating and invalidating that felt. Yeah. It's like when it's like when you have your first art show and you know every single person in the room and they're all like, you did great. And you're like, you're saying that for me, not for my work, not for my art. Like that was, I, that was a yeah. concept that I grasped very, very early on. So like, I do remember having those feelings and then maybe within a couple of months being like, God, imagine if my mom and dad published my work, that would be so cringy. And it would be like, there's no question. Uh, there's no like sense of whether or not this is good. Yeah, and like I think totally I think true. I think horribly. Even if you then went on to make millions and sell like so many copies, I think there'd always still be a little part of you that'd be like, "But is it good, or is it just available and all right?" Yeah, absolutely. But it does sadden me how many people out there have something to offer and are making really good work, but maybe don't have any kind of way in to distributing their work or don't have any kind of. Um, guidance or advice or even you know motivation from <clears throat> from their peers or from their parents when they're young yeah and they just end up giving up because they just think oh it's just a brick wall at least now on the internet if you make comics you can just post them well loads of places you know instagram yeah. twitter tumblr <clears throat> although i still feel like it would be great if there was a sort of youtube for comics where you could actually put like high quality long form work and you know monetize it even to a degree yeah you sort of wish it was out there i know that there's uh, comiXology which is like owned by amazon but it's like if it's already owned by amazon that's pretty pretty dire i don't think that's going to inspire many people many little indie people to want to use it yeah well i mean look at spotify if there was a yeah. spotify of comics no one would be making any money from it yeah true take the it's already low profits of uh, the comics industry and uh, you know divide it by 100 I kind of like what Simon Hanselman did. For years, he was just posting his comic strips on Tumblr, and then eventually he just, um, you know, he got a publishing deal with Fantagraphics, and the first book he did was basically just the compilation of all of the comic strips he'd already done. Nice. And it's like he was just using Tumblr as a great platform to just get to the build. comics out there. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing stopping you doing that now. And There probably wasn't back then, but it was a little harder because you did pretty much need your own website, I suppose. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, one of the things that I often like think about and get uh, despondent about is uh, how many people, when they talk about like getting a book published, just like a you know like a standard just words book, um, talk about like oh well it helps if you've already got a fan base. And it's like how many people are out there like reading you know a stranger's like short stories or like you know snippets of larger work just for nothing like i can't believe that 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 audience exists surely people just no. buy books or they no yeah you um the prose is like the hardest thing like the great thing about comics at least and the great opportunity it presents is you can put comics online and people will read stop them on and social read them. media yeah, yeah you won't stop and read a block of prose sadly people just don't do that and i don't really know how to how you tackle that as a prose writer no i don't but that's why you need a good literary agent, I suppose. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, All this aside. I was going to say, the, um, yeah, but 
we never did post these online, but I do remember bringing one or two of them into school and actually thinking these these are mainstream enough that I could actually share these around. And I brought them in in my little white folder with the uh, plastic sleeves. And I actually showed them to some people, including some people who I wouldn't normally have shown my work. And I do remember getting um, some positive comments, if not, you know, big laughs. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's funny. It's like that movie. Yeah. And there was... Um, this one, the one joke I remember from it is the old guy who's training them. He's in a wheelchair, and in our comic strip, he comes in and he drives over the the main guy in his wheelchair, and there's all these like comic book crunching, crunching of bone sounds from underneath the wheelchair as he drives over him, and the guy's like screaming as he gets run over. And um, I don't know, there were some funny jokes in that film though, like the whole "if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball" thing, and he's uh, he's he's throwing spanners at the dodgeball team training them yeah yeah see that's quite funny it's an actual funny joke from the film and it's like what like you were saying why would we parody a comedy movie uh you'd have to go a different way like if if you can dodge the draft you can dodge a ball and then it's just a film about someone trying to not get uh, called up to vietnam well yeah i mean mm. call it call it dodge war Basically, it was a terrible idea. I haven't seen Dodgeball since then. It might actually be a really good film. I don't remember. It's Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller at their comedy best. Yeah. Was Vince Vaughn ever a great comedy actor? I don't know. He's, just, he's a good place filler. Speaking of horrible films, he was actually surprisingly good in um, The Cell, which is definitely not a comedy film. Vince yeah. Vaughn starring alongside Jennifer Lopez in... Probably one of the most horrifying horror films I've ever seen. Yeah. It shit me up, Sam. It shit me up. <laughs> shit me right up. It really did. I've got some quiz questions for you. Are you you have? Quizzy? Yes, I do. I Sam, mean, we're not doing a dramatic reading. The least we can do is have a quiz. I thought we agreed we were going to ad-lib one. All right, let's do it. Okay, I'll be... Which Jezit do you want to be? Jezit Blue or Jezit Pink? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be Jezit Blue. <laughs> I guess that makes me Jezit Pink. I'll also be Stage Directions. That's great. What film are we parodying? I think let's let's see if we can fix uh, Clerks. You don't want to do a Serbian film? <laughs> With my no knowledge, yeah, right. The human let's Centipede. Come let's on. Do, let's do let's do Serbian film. Okay. Uh, uh, interior: a dark room in Serbia. Man, what's going on in this room? <laughs> oh. Welcome. You've come to the right place. The set of a porn film. Oh, nice. I hope I get to get my rocks off. That's what now, I like. take these drugs, you nasty man. <laughs> man, I wonder, what the, I wonder what the minimum sentencing laws for drug use in Serbia are. They're pretty low. Like my morals. <laughs> Unlike the minimum sentencing for murder and... Like, horrible torture, which you're about to do under the influence of these drugs. Oh, bad. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Exterior. A house and something. <laughs> yeah, we should have done clerks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had material for clerks. All right, let's do clerks. No. <laughs> All right. This is going to be the best quiz ever. I'm feeling it. You're going to get a high score this time and make up for all of your shameful performances in the past. Question one. How much did Quentin Tarantino originally budget for Reservoir Dogs? 
fifty grand. I feel like you should actually get half a point for that <clears throat> because you're in the ballpark. I mean, the, the nature of the question kind of suggests it's going to be low, doesn't it? Um, it's thirty thousand dollars. So Fair yeah, God. he was he was going to make it for thirty thousand dollars, but then Harvey Keitel got involved and said, "Quentin, I love the script," and gave him like one and a half million dollars to make it. Damn. Apparently, he was going to film it on black and white film using his friends as the actors. Yeah, uh, like like Kevin Smith. Like Clerks, exactly. I'll give you half a point. Which of these three actors did not appear in Dodgeball? Chuck Norris, David Hasselhoff, William Shatner. It's uh, Hasselhoff, isn't it? It's a trick question, Sam. They were all in Dodgeball. <laughs> no points. I'm, take, I'm taking another half point. <laughs> All right, I'll give you another half point for putting up with me. Sam, question number three. The Dam Busters contained a mascot dog character named after the real Dam Busters dog with an incredibly offensive name. A A redubbed American version of the film changed the dog's name to Trigger. But in 2020, film... Listen... In 2020, Film 4 broadcast a newly edited version where the dog is addressed as what? Uh, (laughs) I'm really sweating this one. You're going to have to hurry you, Sam. (laughs) My my lunch is boiling over. Um, (laughs) uh, Dingo. No, the correct answer is my dog. <laughs> they addressed him as my dog. <laughs> well, that makes it worth that makes it worth a rewatch. Half a point. So you got one and a half points total. Fifty percent. That's your best that. performance. It is so far. I mean, I can't actually. I haven't written down any of your previous scores or anything. So it's just, it's, there's just a sense to it, though, isn't there? Yeah, you definitely have never scored 50% before. I'm sure definitely, of that. Definitely not. It'd be quite hard to out of three, usually. Well, yeah, that's quite a feat in itself. That's pretty impressive. So, Sam, if you were to revive this project now, what would you do differently, if anything? I think if I were legitimately thinking about reviving this project now, I, I think that I would be more interested in like film theory and trying to make it like accessible to people in an amusing manner. I think that would be the, the only way that I could ever be interested in this project. And in that, the Jesuits themselves would be... I'd probably do a little bit of character redesign and make them into creatures that sort of um, resembled perhaps perhaps like slightly like shape-shifting creatures that could resemble like notions or like movie monsters or like characters from like you know, from, from cinema. Like, I think it would be quite a broad and difficult thing the way that I'm, like, outlining it. But, uh, yeah, I think that that... I, I would I would want to use it as a tool for both, like, entertainment and education about, like, film. Did you just make make up this idea on the spot as you were speaking? Yeah. Because it's pretty good. Thanks. I like that. It's, Thanks. um... It, it could be kind of like Scott McCloud's understanding comics. Yeah. But understanding yeah, movies. Yeah. The flicks. Maybe that could be his next book. Under, understanding the flicks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that idea. Like they, yeah, they could be little like 
we're going to show you how to make movies. Come yeah. with us into our world. Exactly. No, I like that a lot. Yeah, because I don't think I would do a parody of movies. That's like ugh, boring. Nice. It's just not very. It's just not very good and not very entertaining. Like uh, I, parodies are fun when they appear in other things, but to do something that's just all parody always feels a bit, you know, re- reductive. <laughs> well, I've got my good friend Albert Yankovic on the phone, and he wants to speak <laughs> to you. He is a transformative artist for whom I have a very, very deep love, um, and I. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, Wero Yankovic is one of the, the greatest artists of all time, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> not, not even a little bit ironically. Like, I, uh, I, I really, really adore that man. Every time no, I listen I, to I wasn't inviting of... you to defend yourself. It's fine, it's fine. It's just jokes. <laughs> yeah, no. But he also doesn't just do that. He also is uh, a king of the polka scene. Well, that's very true, yeah. He's also yeah. just a very talented musician. <laughs> like, the number of, like big musical artist that I've seen him like playing live with is frankly astounding. He's played with the Chili Peppers, do you know that? He's also got some acting chops. He played Daniel Radcliffe in a film about his life. <laughs> yes, he did. Or so I hear. Well, I mean, this has been a train wreck. Let's stick it on the cringe league table. Yes, let's. Uh, well, can, do you want to put your, your sausage in the fire first? Yes, I do. Ah, how it hurts. Okay. Oh, my sausage. <laughs> Out of 100 for nostalgia, i got to yeah. say, I'm not that nostalgic. What I am nostalgic for is enjoying watching films, because I remember that. Well, I'll make a separate note. <laughs> no, that, that's part of it, because okay. this comic was an expression of my enjoyment for films. It was, quote me on this, it was a love letter to Hollywood. <laughs> this. Don't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and a sex to Bollywood. A what? A se- Sam, it was a love... Let me say that again. Let me say that again. A love letter to Hollywood. And I'm nostalgic for those days. The silver screen. The smell of the popcorn. Oh, I'm whacking it. A nostalgia score of 33. Good God. All right. Am I, do we do me nostalgia next or do we do you cringe next? I was actually hoping you would know that because I was wondering too. <laughs> I mean, the way that I've written it out would indicate that we we do each of our um, scores first. So we do. Okay. Uh, so you do both of yours first. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. I didn't know that very clearly. Yeah, this is top-notch podcasting. I know it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, people my cringe. Are, people are paying score. for it. <laughs> I'm not. It's, it's not that cringe. I'll give it a cringe of oh, 15, 16, right. 16. It's a bit cringe, just that we did it, because it was it's a rubbish idea, really, isn't it? And it wasn't funny, but I don't really feel ashamed <laughs> of it. It was so basic and kind of, like, just such a, like, a harmless idea. Like, the fact that I could show it to other people at school without dying of shame says a lot. Yeah, that's true. Um, Inoffensive. Right. Yeah. Uh, nostalgia for me, um, 18. Fair enough. It doesn't really, doesn't really weigh that heavily on my mind and though I do have uh, big feelings about that particular weekend I wouldn't say that that was intrin- like it, I I wouldn't say that the comic feels as intrinsically linked to that period of time for me as just the, the memories and the the other things that I was doing at that time um, so it doesn't really have the nostalgia for me cringe I don't really feel that cringe about it like it because it doesn't it doesn't weigh heavily on my mind so I'd probably just give it like a I don't know six cringe wow 
definitely. Yeah. If I, it's the, it's one of the projects. It's probably the project, in fact, out of the ones so far that if someone were to somehow stumble upon it, I would be like, yeah, go ahead and read it. I wouldn't even begin to flinch or try and put my hands in front of the screen. No, I know, right? It's just so kind of like basic. Like I didn't really put any of myself into it. It's kind of sad that the stuff you care least about is the stuff that you're most willing to share. Okay, so... You're just a, running uh, the calculations through the complex uh, juvenilia formula. The secret mathematical well, formula. Well, it's not looking good for... Uh, for... <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good for Jesus. Um That comes out as a 14.5 on the juvenilia scale, making it, oh. making it the, uh, the third worst that we, we ever done. Better than third dimension, third facial hair. But. Third from last place, leaving the usual scum still very much untouched at number one. Well, we have got a long way to go yet, and I feel like there must have been something that we did that was better than the usual scum. So, what are we talking about next week is the question. But I know exactly what it's going to be. Well, the thing is, I wasn't going to actually talk about this because I didn't think there was anything to talk about. But then I was looking at our, um, <laughs> I was looking at our hodgepodge list of all the projects, like vaguely by date order. And I looked back at this one and I thought, yeah, I'm not going to do, but wait a minute, let me think about it. And I thought about it and I realized how much I do actually have to say about it and how much it f feeds into the, uh, the stuff that I've written later on and how it's kind of um, stylistically and in its intent, it's actually kind of it was a step towards the kind of thing I'm trying to do now. And this was a project called A Freight Train to the Stars. Wow, I don't even think I've heard of that one. That's, it's that's in the Wilkin Canaan. <laughs> it's as obscure as it gets. Like I said, I wasn't going to talk about it, but there is actually quite a bit going on there. So well, I think it's worth talking about. I agree, and I think that that's exactly the kind of rollocks we should be rolling with yeah you're gonna get a lot of new information about this thing that you've never heard of yeah and you know i'm i'm sort of prepared for it to somehow be the best thing you've ever done <gasps> that could be it could be sam the genesis spark the mind grape <laughs> wow the yeah. mind grape <laughs> Yeah, you know, sort of like a, a sort of a lovely juicy grape hanging off the brain that you can sort of pluck and say, "Ah, oh, delicious!" All oh, my, all, that's horrible. All, all my all my best thoughts are in here. Oh God, that's ruined my life. That's a horrible thought. I saw a picture the other day, right, of someone who had um, some mussels in a restaurant. You know, like the the um yeah the seafood mussels, and inside one of the mussels there was two tiny crabs. Well, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't like, it doesn't sound that bad, but the picture has ruined my life. Like I can't get it out of my head, and every time I think of it, it actually makes my stomach ache. Yeah, I've I've seen pictures like that. Anyway, I'm sorry I brought that up just now. <laughs> nice doing podcast with you. That's Juvenilia, Juvenilia Podcast at Gmail dot com. It's been great, Juvenilia. Sam. Oh, we didn't. I didn't get the memo about changing the theme tune. <laughs> I thought. I thought the uh, the theme tune was uh, for this was uh, "Ring of Fire" by Johnny Cash, <laughs> slowed down by ten percent to make it more dire. <laughs> the Ring of Dire, as I refer to it. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'm out of here. See ya. See, say that. Say the email.
I said the email. <laughs> I already said it. It's juvenilliapodcast at gmail.com. Happy now? Yes. Okay. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>